Cool. So how are you doing tonight? Good, man. Hanging out, having some late-night coffee, and uh, getting ready for... I guess we got a hurricane on its way. Oh, yeah, we just got it here. We uh, Well, it wasn't the hurricane, but we got a, we got a pretty nasty thunderstorm. But you're getting, you're getting that coastal storm that's moving up? I guess so. I'm seeing the lightning already. Lightning and thunder is oh. starting to hit us right now. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good storm, so... Right? Yeah, it's pretty intense. We were actually Speaking supposed of, to get a we were supposed to get a tornado actually yesterday. I don't I don't think it ever hit, but there was uh there was uh some forecast about tornadoes in the area. Oh really? That sucks. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, when I, when I was young in Atlanta, we would get those more frequently than than we liked and of course people would cruise around and check it out and I remember one time in the early 90s, I it was uh, way up in North Cobb County. And uh, you could, it looked like a giant lawnmower had gone through this neighborhood of fairly new houses and just blown, you know, three or four of them to smithereens. It was pretty wild. Crazy, man. Nuts. Speaking of which, I mean, all the years you tour, man, I mean, how many times you guys had to play during a, just a gnarly-ass storm? When the, and how how hairy does that get? Um, only, like, there's been a couple times, like, in the Midwest where I've I've seen what looked like tornadoes about to touch down, but they never actually did. Um but there was one time, like we were at somewhere in the, in the Midwest, down Midwest down South type area, and um, the alarms in the town were going off for everyone to seek shelter. There was a tornado that just touched down not far, um, but we took off then that night, and I don't think we really saw anything. Although there was one night, man, where there was one in the area, and I stayed up with the driver who was basically driving through like, kind of like you know the outskirts of this tornado, and dude, it was like apocalyptic man it was crazy it was just like non-stop lightning shit flying all over the place it was it was insane Ooh, ooh, that's that's, that's got to be scary yeah and, uh, and are you guys towing a trailer when you're when you're doing those tours are you guys towing something that could get thrown out thrown over in the wind real easy or is it pretty stable uh busting trailer i mean you know they're they're basically like a like a big tractor trailer so um you know probably i you know probably could tip over like a like a tractor trailer does right during those storms yeah absolutely absolutely you get to get enough, if it's light enough back there absolutely yeah holy cap mm-hmm. so you never you never get stuck in one of the outdoor festivals with just a gnarly ass storm and thunder and thunderstorm or anything like that you've been pretty pretty lucky over the years huh still there is the microphone working yes i it must have dropped man it was crazy i was like talking and then i saw a big flash of lightning and it dropped that i have so right now I'm at, I'm at my other house, and it's right outside New York City. I can see New York City from my window, and I have the worst cell phone service here. Like, my Wi-Fi is perfect. I, I bought, like, a, a really expensive router just for the lessons, you know, so I have no problems for guitar lessons. Sure. Um, but my signal through my cell phone company is fucking horrendous. It's horrible. And I'm staring at New York City, and oh, and, and it's, it's crazy because my other house is up in the mountains, and my cell phone service is perfect up there. I'm like nowhere any any uh, major city, you know, hour and a half basically from New York City. And here I am, ten minutes looking at all the big antennas, you know, on buildings in New York City, and I have barely any cell phone service here. Oh man, that sucks. Got to be a conspiracy behind that. It's got to be some sort of uh, something behind that. Why that is? And I, I've called. I'm with T-Mobile, and I'm with T-Mobile because they have great uh, plans for for uh, worldwide. So that's why I went with T-Mobile, and sure. they, it works all over the world perfectly. My phone, except here in New Jersey, 
right outside New York City. Figure that one out. Oh, man. They, uh, maybe they – yeah, I don't know how they share each other's towers or if they all have to build their own networks. I never really understood all the details. They share – yeah, they share towers, I think, uh, and uh, antennas and all that stuff. And I bet you there's, there's got to be some sort of, uh, you know, reason behind why the, the service sucks here. Because when I call T-Mobile – they're like, oh, we're sorry, sir. We really don't know what that is. I'm like, the hell you don't. You know what it is. It's got to have something to do with money and you guys saving yeah. money or something. Or maybe it's more expensive oh, yeah. here in New York, New Jersey. You know, but there's, oh, yeah. my phone, I could be in South America and Brazil in the middle of the Amazon, and my phone works perfectly. But here in New Jersey, staring at New York City, I have oh, no service. And then, they, and then they said to me, they go, I, they said, well, sir, we can sell you a uh, a booster router. I go, so do I have to pay for that? They're like, yeah, you have to buy that. I go, wait, so hold on. I'm paying my monthly payment every month, and now I all have to pay for a booster. When I when on top of it, I'm all, I'm paying for a service that you're not even providing me. <laughs> no good. I know it, it's it, it's it's we do we get so spoiled having these computers in our pockets, and when you can't get them to work right, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I've, uh, I've I've noticed mine's been a little quirky for about a month now when it's on Wi-Fi. It seems like uh, one of the updates or something. I'm assuming it's an update with Android. It's it's trying to prefer yeah. Wi-Fi when it can get it, but the Wi-Fi Wi-Fi doesn't work that great. Yeah, and um, for me here, I don't know why. It, it's fine I, with the computers. It's so great with my phone. That's why a lot, a lot of times I tell my friends, I say, if you're going to call me, um, just call me through WhatsApp or call me through Facebook. Um, or even Instagram, just because that works over the Wi-Fi, and it works perfectly. Hmm. Even if it's just a phone oh. call through Facebook, it works perfectly. But cell phone, oh. it's constantly dropping out, constantly. Yeah. We'll, prob- hmm. we'll probably drop out again soon. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. So, so, so it's, you know, I've never really even thought to ask, but when you got started playing, did you start doing as a youngster, or were you just did you just start uh, – gravitate towards that as a teenager and, and uh oh by the way i thought i saw it was your birthday today was that a picture of you in high school that i saw today with the long hair yeah yeah ah! 1994 how about that how about that yep. oh man that's cool so by then you were already playing i assume yeah i started playing young i started playing guitar when i was eight years old and um you know i've done it every day of my life since then i've never i don't think i've ever had a day where i didn't play you know, I'm just obsessed with the guitar, man, and 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 uh, you know, thank God I did start young, but that's uh, that's a lot of it. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of practice, as you know, that goes into it. So, um, you know, I've been doing it mm-hmm. since then, but it's, but it's also kind of pathetic because I've been playing since I was eight, and I should be a lot better than what I am for how long I've been playing for. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, that's it. We're all we're all our own worst critics. I mean. It, I uh I don't know I, I like the work that you do and I like the, the wide range of styles that you have and uh, you know it's uh, with COVID I'm sure it's been a major pain in the ass adjustment for you and to say the least but but you know who knows the silver lining could be that it it forces some type of different yep. different new new sprout to come out somewhere you know you never know yeah yeah it's been a nightmare this whole this whole thing you know it's been a it's been a nightmare for us touring musicians it's, it's basically uh, been it's been terrible just horrible because it's just you know it's impossible to to get gigs get paid for gigs you know and 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 obviously you want the fans to be safe so you don't even really want to do gigs um i actually did a little acoustic show uh it was an outdoor under a canopy uh acoustic show the other night 
and it, it, it was cool. You know, we, we had a great time. Everyone, I think, enjoyed it. It was maybe about 50 people. Um, mm-hmm. But even even then, you know, it's like I, I think we could have been a little bit more spread out. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, – really, really. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it all, you know. So I don't either. I'm noticing here I passed the place just, just casually uh, this weekend myself, and I was surprised. People were not – we're not social distancing and we're not wearing masks and they were packed into a pub just like old school style and uh you, you know you what know. man once what, what I notice is that once people start drinking you know everything goes out the window you know it's it's you know you let your guard you let your guard down the masks came off you know people hugging each other yeah so good you know i mean so it it's uh yeah the goggling begins everybody starts yeah yeah. Oh man, I I know I I have not been going out, but I have been going on Tuesday nights down to our space, and you know yeah. e- even that I mean I, you, you assume because it's your bud that it's, that you're in the safe, but I don't know what my the guy who plays drums with me has done for the whole week and who he's interacting with. I'm just hoping for the best. Really, we're not wearing masks. Uh, yeah, know, it's a small room, so you know I don't know. It's a calculated risk. I try not to be too risky with it all because got the little guys here, but. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. We're homeschooling. Are you any of your family? Have they talked about homeschooling? Go send anybody back to school? You think? Yeah, I think a lot of my nieces and nephews. That's what they have been doing. And I think um, come September, I think they're all going to be doing that. Also, is the homeschooling thing? You know, it's just, it's just. I think it's too risky to send them back to school. And and you know, I, I don't know. I was joking around with my little niece the other day. I was like, man, why couldn't we have COVID when I was in high school, man? <laughs> I would have loved to do that. You know, so keep the kids oh, yeah. at home. You know, yeah, that's why I was. I was leaning that way anyway for different for different reasons. I just kind of have this thing that it it could be a lot more fun and do it better, faster, cheaper at home. And, well, uh, and you know, kinda, you, my, you know what, man? I, I, I'm I'm kind I'm very uh, you know I, I think the school systems are not really doing a great job. I, you know, I mean, I probably get some flack for saying that, but uh, you know, I, right. I, I think I think keeping them home and homeschooling and 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 maybe teaching them some real life uh, lessons, you know, instead of uh, well, the other nonsense you learn in school that um, that just doesn't really, in my opinion, you will never use in the real world. You know what I mean? Um, I think that that's actually I would take if I was a parent, I would take advantage of of that and start teaching kids, you know, homeschooling, um, real life type things, you know, real life mm-hmm. things. Because I, you know, the schools I went to, we we never had anything like that. You know, I, I think, can't think of how much time I wasted trying to learn algebra, and um, and uh, you know whatever else topics that I've never used once in the real world, and in, in my, especially in my line of work, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I get frustrated with it too, and the, and the way we and, do it is yeah. we, we almost we we disqualify kids from things like engineering because we say, okay, yeah. if you can't do math the way we need you to do it, then you can't be an engineer. And I completely yeah. balk at that. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I think that you can have some, fine, some of the best engineers in the history of the country and the history of the world were not formally trained. I mean, I'm you know some are, but a lot weren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just well, you know, they were teachers. I'm a big fan of that guy Mike Rowe and his whole campaign oh. that he's on right now of, of you know getting kids to take you know labor type jobs, uh, not labor jobs. Uh, what do they call that? You know, like trade schools. You know, go to trade school yeah. jobs and um, and that you know this country needs more of that. And um, and there's there's that's a great career. You know, take. I mean, if I wasn't doing music, um, I absolutely would have 
you know, continue doing some sort of trade. Like I was, I was working for a construction company. Uh, I used to work for a sign and awning company. I used to uh, work for an electrician, you know, so I, I would be doing, sure. if I wasn't doing music, you know, um, I would definitely would have just continued down that road. And, and honestly, the way things are going now, I may even be going back to that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, so, I um, know. It, it temporarily might have to do whatever, I know. Uh, I, yeah, the good, the good thing is, is that you, you, you've taken a, you've, you've taken good care of yourself over the years. So if you got to pivot into something totally different for a minute, you, you, you could do it easily. And, and get, you know, yeah. 5, 10, 20 out of it. You know, you didn't destroy your body doing the touring life because I'm guessing that mm-hmm. over 50% of guys that do what you do for as long as you've done it probably have some serious health stuff because you got, you know, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm curious to hear more about the you know, how you do it. I, I, think, yourself to do it. I, I think you really, the biggest problem with the touring lifestyle is the, um, you know, you're on the move all the time. You're constantly going, but yeah, you have to exercise. Like you have to, and 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 I would, you know, maybe one day I'll I'll write a ebook or something on it. But it's not about going to the gym. You know, it's about you have a you have a parking lot. You know, you have a dressing room. Bring your own weights with you. Bring a pull up bar. You could you know hang up in the dressing room. Uh, the parking lot. I go to parks a lot. That's one of my favorite things to do. Is I go I go to. Uh, I just Google where the closest park is, and I go jump on, you know, the monkey bars, and, and I do a full-blown calisthenic workout, uh, jogging, you know, sprinting. Uh, burpees is one of my favorite exercises, which is basically just an all-around, um, that, that's everything, you know, and, and it's cardio and strength endurance. And um, yeah. it's important because the thing with touring is that you're, you're really – you're eating shitty food all the time, you know, it's a lot of, I don't want to say fast food, I keep away from fast food, but you definitely, you're eating something from a different place every day, sometimes, sometimes you got to have a burger from Burger King or something, because you don't have any other option, you know, nothing's open late at night or something, and and you're hungry, Um, you know, and of course, there's going to be, you know, the beer, you're, 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 you're on a bus with like three, four cases of beer, you know, and that's sometimes, you know, I've gone through my times where I didn't touch it at all and then there was times where I did, you know, and, and there's a lot of calories and beer. So it's like, you know, you really you really gotta you gotta do something. Whatever it is, you gotta yeah. get up and jog, work out, because it it is a very sedative sedative um is that the word sedative? You know, very just a mellow yeah, lifestyle. Especially when you have a bus and you're just you know, you basically are in your bunk or you're sitting down watching a movie, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, imagine you get to a venue, and after you guys set up, and before when we the people get there, you've got this period every night where you're almost hiding in the bus, right? I mean, is that what it feels like you have to kind of do it away because you you can't? I mean, I don't know. Some some are probably mill around, but some probably from that like 5 p.m. to showtime, 10. You got a five hour block there that. I don't yeah, know. Where do you go? It's, it's yeah, that's the thing. A lot of guys they just stay on the bus or in the dressing room. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of just around waiting for the show you know and of course the show is is definitely it can be a hell of a workout especially if it's a hot one and you're really rocking out um yeah but you got you got to do more than that you know even just jump rope you know jump jumping rope is one of my favorite uh forms of cardio that you know you get a ten dollar uh jump rope and you can do it anywhere and you don't need a lot of room to do it you know um so you got to do something it it is important because the touring lifestyle is very um it is very just sitting around and waiting. You know, you're on an airplane for sometimes 15 hours straight. You know, then then you're at a you're on a bus for you know 20 something hours driving. You know, I mean, wow. so you get you, there's a lot of sitting down 
in between the shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, what do you do? Do you take, like, a kettlebell with you and stuff like that? Do you have, like, you said, a, a, are you able to take a pull-up bar? Or, or yo, yo, you, you just you Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep, I'm here. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know why I was cutting out. Uh, you, you, do you take a kettlebell with you? Yep, I'm a big fan of kettlebell. You know, I mean, I'm real passionate about working out. I, I, I played sports a lot when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I did some amateur boxing before I joined Soulfly. I did a, some tournaments in boxing. I, I, my uncle was a professional boxer, so he, I really, uh, you know, linked up with him and he was my trainer for years and introduced me to the, the awesome world of boxing, especially here in New Jersey. There's such a rich history in boxing and professional fighters yeah. from back in the day, you know. Um, yeah. So I saw his stuff with me, man. Something, his name was uh, Dom Amoroso. He's in the Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame. He trained a lot of professional guys, you know, but he was my main guy. And uh, he changed my life, you know, because uh, it got it got me addicted to working out, specifically, you know, in boxing, but also in calisthenics and, and you know, jogging, sprinting, you know, everything that goes along with the boxing uh, regimen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's good. I think that, that that for you know again people that do what you do for a living, you you're, you you but by, by bringing that that aspect of touring up and just keeping keeping that the the, the the keeping yourself sharp, you're you're able to pivot into other things and have the you know your body's not wrecked, you know. And you're, yeah. I, know, I know in heavy metal music, it's not uncommon to see bands that have been out there for a long time be you know heavy overweight. And um, you know that sort of thing, and I'm sure that they, I'm sure that that's not easy for them if they had to go out and do, you know, a different type of job or different kind of work right now. That's going to be a, a, a more of an adjustment. You know, that, they're not that physical piece that you're not going to have to deal with at all. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's important, man. Especially getting into our older years, it, it really is, man. It's really important, I think. You know, and thank God, uh, I got into what I got into when I was probably about nineteen, twenty. You know, I started uh, doing boxing. And it just, I got addicted to it, you know, and, um, and it just every day, you know, I got addicted to it just like I am addicted to playing guitar. So I do some, yeah. some form, some form of training basically every single day. I mean, maybe I'll take a day off, maybe two days off if, if I'm feeling tired, but, uh, but basically every day I'm doing something. And, uh, uh-huh. and I think it, it really, uh, it's, it is very important, you know, especially for this, this type of music, man, you know, you, it's, it's intense. There's a lot of head banging going on, jumping around, rocking out. You know, there's a lot of energy. Oh yeah. And uh, oh yeah. And I, I always want to make sure, you know, I'm in uh, I'm, I'm in tip top shape to rock out. You know, I don't want to go on stage and look like I've been sleeping all day and you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. not rocking out. You know, like I, like I want to be. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, on this health thing, just because we kind of straight into this topic, I got to ask the million dollar question: How the hell do you get proper rest? I mean, because I imagine after a show. You're kind of keyed up at least till one or two, and and you know, and I and I don't really know what you guys do normally. Do you, do you go to the bus and travel at night, or you typically sleep and then travel in the morning? How does that work? And how, what time do you end up going to bed on, on average on the tour? Like three I, in the morning type thing? Yeah, I go to bed pretty late, man. Even even when I'm home, I'm I'm up till maybe three in the morning, just playing guitar. You know, four in the morning. Last night, I think I was up till four or five. You know. Um, but I, I sleep late, you know, if I don't have a reason to get up, then what's the point of getting up, you know? So there's times yeah, where I, 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 get, I get up around, I get up around 10 a.m., you know, so I get, I get, I get about eight hours of sleep in, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. And then on the road, I try to sleep more. I do, because a lot of times I don't, I don't like to be awake when the bus is driving. I kind of get nauseous just sitting there, you know? 
Um, so a lot of times I just lay in my bunk and I won't wake up on the road. I, I make sure I, I get, you know, extra rest because I'm, I'm working out every day and I'm rocking out for an hour and a half on stage, you know, so, so definitely after the show, I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted, you know, so, uh, yeah. I usually, but it's, it's weird. Like you're exhausted, you're tired, but you're still amped up from the concert too. So it's really weird. There's times where, yeah, there's times where I'm just laying in my bunk, flying down the highway. I can't sleep. I'm wide awake till like six in the morning. So when I'm on the road, I I definitely sleep a little later. I probably sleep around twelve, maybe one in the afternoon. And and that's about the time that the the bus pulls up for loading at the clubs is around twelve one, maybe two. You know, we we get into the club, load in, and then you know I can get up and go inside. I see. So a lot of times you you guys wouldn't wouldn't leave a venue till you know, two, three o'clock in the morning type thing. It's it's just by the time the the gears broke down, everybody's packed up and everybody's saying goodbye and every, everything. It's it's two, three o'clock in the morning before we all start rolling. It, it depends on the drive. You know how long the drive is. There's sometimes we leave immediately after the show because uh, we got we got a long drive, and then there's other times where you know we're we're hanging out outside. You know, the bus is parked outside the club to maybe six in the morning. You know, like, because it's a short drive. So it just depends oh, okay. because you, you want. Yeah, because you want your bus driver to get, obviously get a good night rest. Um, so if if it's a short drive, then then what happens is that he's he's always going to a hotel every night, so he'll you know get some extra sleep at the hotel before it's time to go. You don't you know, oh, nobody wants a tired yeah nobody wants a tired bus driver obviously. No, 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 hell no! I can't yeah I can't imagine that. I mean, jeez, yeah. I, I, I take that serious in my personal life. If I notice I've gotten a point of no return, you got to stop. You can you go die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. Because like, when I do my solo tours, I do all the driving. You know, like when I go out and do these these solo tours that I do, what I've been doing um, nowadays is I go out just by myself. I'll bring like a, a, a tech with me, merch guy, and I just rent mm-hmm. a small car and I go out and I just play with my backing track on my iPod, um, which yeah. sounds sounds lame, you know. But but once people see the show, it's a great show. Are, I, I, I love it. It was That's right. Yeah, I, I, I saw it in Syracuse. It's great. It's great stuff. It's, Thank uh, you, man. Thank it's, you. It's, well, it's, that's, that's, you. <laughs> that, that's how I make a living when I'm off the road uh, from Soulfly. I'll, I'll at least minimum go out and do weekend gigs. And sometimes I'll fly out um, if it's if it's somewhere far away. Um, actually, I was supposed to be doing that after we finished the Soulfly tour in March. I had uh, all my weekends in April booked up, and I had to cancel everything. And I was going to go down to Texas. I was. I had all these solo gigs, basically a full tour uh, for the month of April, just on the weekends. Um, and I had to cancel everything, and it sucks, you know, because again, this is uh, this is how I make a living, you know. Is is when I'm not on the road with Soulfly or Cavalier Conspiracy, then I go out and I do these solo gigs with my iPod, where it's just me basically, and and I'm out there on a low overhead, so you know, I I, I can make it affordable. For the clubs, you know, because it's, it's, it's instrumental guitar music, so there's not a very big uh, audience for that, you know, and I, I don't get a lot of push, um, you know, support as far as publicity for my project. Um, sure. But it's how I get out there, you know, and if, if 50 kids show up, it's a good show, you know, for the for the money I get every night, 50 kids per night is is perfect, you know. So. Uh, oh yeah. But I, absolutely. And it's and it's fun. It keeps me active, you know. It keeps me rocking out on the weekends. Um, but I can't even do that right now can't even do it you know so uh i'm just doing these little i'm doing these i got a couple more of these these little small acoustic gigs where it's kind of just it's outdoors so there's distancing and and uh 
you know, so we can we can make it happen, you know. But it's it's uh-huh. I'm hoping hoping soon I can do more of my uh, my solo gigs, you know, because that's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and has, have you heard any rumblings about when Soulfly or Cavalier or anybody else really is going to be out? I mean, are you thinking like spring 2021? Yeah, that's what I think, man. Probably till next year, dude. So I, I don't know, man. I'm looking for work, have you, you know. I don't know what. Shit. Have you guys started getting? I mean, because I, I you see some of these European things pop up, like you know, things have been rescheduled. Have you guys been booked for any of that stuff yet, or has anybody tacked anything on the wall for next summer in, in Europe? I, or not, not that I know of, man. I think it's it's basically, you know, I think everyone's just taking it day by day and and seeing what happens. You know, I mean, let's see what happens in the winter time. You know, when 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 people get more sick. You know, so uh, it seems like people are booking things, announcing tours, and then they're canceling them the next minute. You know, I know, I, I know, yeah. I've noticed a lot of a lot of bands are doing that right now, where they're they're projecting that they're going to do a tour. You know, like okay, you know, it's booked, and then they cancel. You know. A couple of days ago, one a big band just did that, you know. So, it is what you know. We just got to take it um, day by day by day, month by month, and just see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what the fans can do, man, is support by merch. And uh, I'm doing my live concerts from home, and I put up a PayPal me uh, tip jar, like a virtual tip jar. They they call it. And let me tell you, you know, if if, if ten people put up, you know, twenty bucks, it it helps me, man. It really does. And uh, yeah, I hope the fans. It, yeah, I hope the fans Patreon page. You know, that you know people that really helps me out if everyone uh, pitches in for me and and other musicians that are doing the Patreon thing and doing uh, the PayPal PayPal me virtual tip jar. I mean, it's 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 really getting us through these hard times and. Uh, I mean, for me, I could do I could do these live feeds on Facebook and Instagram all day long. I, I don't I don't struggle with that. I'm I'm doing full concerts online. You know, I'm basically uh, just playing like what my solo set would be. You know, but online and from home. You know, and and if people tip, it really does help out, man. It does. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I hope you're able to continue doing that, regardless of any of the other things that you add to your plate here in the next couple yep. months, because. It's always good stuff. Do I like when you do the Hendrix stuff, and you know that's that's another thing. As I've gotten to know you better, I love how how much you have this. You seem like you have a lot of love and respect for everybody in the business. Like I, I couldn't believe it when you first said Zach was one of your favorites, for example. And I, I I fucking love Zach Wild, and like and you, you talk about Metallica a lot in the thrash roots that you have, and and uh, in another story, I don't know if you want to want to put it on on the on the podcast, but. I thought it was interesting how you said when you got to when you first started getting in music uh, with El Nino, you came at the tail end of how the business used to be, and you yep. know, you shared a couple of stories of like you know how things used to be supported and things were funded a little bit differently, and now it's just a totally different game. But I don't know if you want to want to share that, but uh, I thought that was fascinating. It's, it's yeah, it's like an interesting twenty year snapshot. Yeah, you know, I mean. Uh... We, El Nino, we started like in 97 and we got a record deal with Roadrunner Records in 2000, uh, which was huge for us, obviously. And, and Roadrunner was at their mightiest, you know, I think at that time, you know, that's when the, 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 the record business was doing great and Roadrunner was on top of their game and, um, they gave us a hell of a deal. You know, we got a lot of money up front to go in and work with a, with a, a professional, great producer, Ron St. Germain, who's a legend. Uh, you know, big studio. We were all, we all could quit our jobs and just focus on making the record. You know, we were getting support from the label. Um, 
And then we did OzFest where they, they, you know, I think Roadrunner put up like $75,000 for us to do OzFest. And that was it. I mean, once we did OzFest, the band, you know, got gained a lot of popularity right right during that time. I mean, once you do OzFest, it's like you're in, you know. It's incredible how, how much that tour has helped bands. Um, but I was very fortunate that um, that I caught the very tail end, you know, of when the record the record labels were still giving advances and and and, um, and taking care of bands in that department financially. Because nowadays, man, it's just a night almost, you know. I mean, uh, it, it's crazy how how much it's changed. I mean, my first solo record uh, records and they treated me great. They gave me a great advance to go in the studio to, to cover my expenses, you know, make a little money and, and, and pay my engineer in the studio. I mean, nowadays it's like, it's non-existent. I, I, it's, it's, it's like, you got to pay your pocket to make a record and yeah. you may find a label, put it out and, and promote it. But, um, you know, who, again, who's really buying CDs anymore? You know, so uh, I know Mike Portnoy did that. He put up Mike Portnoy said he he's got like eight projects that he's releasing this year. I don't know what if it's Apollo and you know he's in several projects, maybe a dog writing writing yeah. dogs. He says I don't expect to make a nickel off any of them. And that, that was a sobering thought because yeah, yeah. you know he he's kind of like you, right? He's been doing it forever. You know, at the pro level. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing him. You still there? Yo yo. Yeah, I'm here. Is T-Mobile killing us right now? Yeah, they you suck. T-Mobile's the worst. I'm here now. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's yeah. just the power fluctuation. Yeah, I, I mean, I I do want to say I I could be putting out. I kid you not. I could put out two solo records a year. I don't. I do not like. I love to be in the studio. I love writing music. I don't struggle with it. Like I really. All my records were basically just stuff I came up with, like off the top of my head. It really didn't take long to record those records. But who the hell's got money to 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 pay, you know, an engineer and go to a studio? I I don't have that kind of money anymore to uh, to pay out of pocket, you know. So um, I don't even know if I'll, you know, I'm writing a lot of new solo stuff, um, but I I can't afford to, especially not right now with what's going on. I can't afford to go in the studio and and record um, new stuff, you know, it's just, it, mm-hmm. it sucks because I, I have so much music to write. I, I, I could write all day long and I truly love being in the studio recording. Like I have it just, I'm just playing live, but I'm not, I, I can't fund it. Like I can't pay to go to a studio. The studio bill gets expensive, you know, and a lot of these labels nowadays, they don't, they don't want to pay for studio time. It's, it's crazy. No. Yeah. And, hey, I, yeah, that's, that's a shame. I, uh, I, I kind of you you may have you may have been the one who mentioned this before that a lot of bands are even just doing it all themselves now and that's uh yeah that's you know that's that's kind of like what's going on now is that the, a lot of these labels they're they're looking to sign bands where somebody in the band has a studio which usually you know every band is always that geared guy that has to do pro tools and and has a studio and gig you know that's that's like almost every band nowadays so nowadays it's like you know the labels are like all right you know they they would rather sign a band who has that guy that's basically going to do it for free you know for, for the band for the cause um then sign someone you know let's say like me who has no clue how to work pro tools you know i, I don't i don't have the patience to to learn the record i've tried before and i'm just not into it man it's like i i want to i love the guitar i like to put my all my focus energy into playing my instrument, you know, to a certain level. I, I, I don't, I have no interest in sitting down now and trying to learn how to record stuff. And, and it's, I, I wish, I wish it was more user friendly. 
the Pro Tools yep. stuff. It's not for me. It's not simple. I, I can't figure it out, man. You know, it, it aggravates me. You, you know, know? It, it is a little complicated. You know, uh, there is, there is a thing though. At the, uh, this little this little Zoom recorder that I got last year because. I was getting frustrated of going and uh, the few times I got to play it. Like I may have mentioned this guy, Eric Burke here locally, but I would get to play with him sometimes. I was actually playing drums with him, but I was yep. recording a lot with my phone. And then I had this little task cam that was, you know, it let me get two inputs. And long story short, it would, you know, it's nothing worse than when you have a, a session and, you, and, you're, and you're done playing and you're like, ah, oh, that's not a pretty killer. And then you listen to the tape the next day and it's all clipped and fucked up and it's no good. So I I I sprung I got one of these little Zoom things that lets me uh, basically just put a click on and, and hit record and go and as long as I don't see any yeah. red flashing, uh, but I don't know maybe maybe one day we could explore something like that and uh, and Santa Claus will pay you a visit. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know because uh, I got I got to figure something out because I, I I do I get it you know and and I could be. You know, I, I don't I don't ever run out of ideas. I literally could be recording like two records a year, you know, but uh I, I gotta figure it out. It. Because it, yeah. No, hey, yeah. when you do it, do you do you do your ID to click? Is that how you how you do it or you just kinda uh and then and then it, 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 like do you do a scratch to click and then go back and re record or or do you lay down a drum track first? I, just, kind of a, I basically just, you know, I mean back in the day I would just record with like a handheld cassette player, man, just get the idea down. Get it down, yep. um, and then yeah, get to get to the studio, put it to a click, send it to my drummer, my buddy Anthony Divizio, who plays on all my solo records, or my other buddy Conky Laura, who uh, played played on my past solo records. Put it to a click, give it to them, them think about their parts, what they want to do, and then come into the studio, track the drums, and uh, and then just start you know building on top of it. But I yeah, I don't I don't like nowadays what I've been doing, I do it I do it to a click, but I, I record with my phone now actually. It's actually the easiest way for me now, you know. I, I wish there was a way you could record a whole record through your phone. That would be that I'd be able to figure out maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not far off the mark. I mean, the quality of the stuff is not bad. I yeah. mean, and when you're when you're playing with your phone at home, it it doesn't sound bad at all. It sounds pretty, yeah. you know. It, Thank you. I right. definitely hear well, it. Well, yeah. you know what? That's a, that's the other thing I was going to say. You know, so everybody's doing a lot of these live from home videos. And, you know, and for years people have been doing, you know, their, their, their live from their home studio videos, you know, and a lot of great stuff out there. But one of my biggest complaints with a lot of the guys that are doing it is that it, it's almost like they're, I, I think a lot of these guys, they're not even playing live to it. Like they're just, they're like making like a video video, you know, like a lip syncing video, like you would do like an old school MTV video, you know? And to me, oh. that's like, to me, that's like you might as well just make a video. Then you're like, which one is it? Are you home playing live, or, or or is it you know you just you know faking it to to your song? You know, so that's the one thing about my videos is that dude, it's just me jamming, man. A lot of it is just me just improvising. I'm in the moment, and uh, it's all through my cell phone. I, I don't even have a microphone hooked up, you know, through the cell phone. It's just open air music coming through my cell into my cell phone. Um, to a back, from, from a backing track, and uh, and I think it's I think it's cool. I really dig it. You know, I think it's uh, I, I I like that. I like that because um, it really uh, I don't know. I think I think it just puts more focus on your playing. You know, it does. And it's very it's very honest. It is, it, and it's not over. It does, it feels it feels like you're in the living room. I mean, it feels it, very it, organic. Yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. And, organic you know it, it's just it's real it's real playing i think it showcases a player 
like because there's a lot of guys that are incredible shredders, and I love I love all the the guys that are incredible shredders. They're super technical, super precise. They work everything out, play it perfectly every time. But I'm not that kind of player, and I'm not really. That's not like I like guys that improvise, that know how to step off and throw a little something extra in. You know what I mean? Like I like that, and I like guys that can do that. Just improvise in the moment. I mean, and that's hard to do, especially live in concert. You know, to be able, to, you know, guys like Zach Wild, they do that. Dimebag always did that. You know, they always they play the solo like the record, but then they would always give a little something extra. And, and I like that because it's like, why else would you go see a concert if you weren't going to get a little something extra live in the moment improv? You know, I mean, why buy a ticket? You might as well sit home and listen, listen to the record. Then, if it's oh, yeah. exactly like the record, like I want a, a live performance. You know, and 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 I'm into a lot of the jam band things. Like, I love old school classic rock. You know, I love how bands like Zeppelin would just go off on these jams. You know, I mean, to oh, me, that's, 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 that's what it's all about. Man. And then we, we do that in Soulfly, too. You know, there's a lot of improvising that goes on. A lot of the, the leads that I do in Soulfly are just off the cuff in the studio and also off the cuff uh, live in concert. And, and I did oh, that, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. i got to be honest with you. As a fan... And I was fairly late to Soulfly shows. I, I I think I discovered you as a player, and it was a, something on YouTube. And I, I'm pretty sure you were doing a Cavalera show somewhere. Is how I just kind of discovered. And I knew of Sepultura. And then uh, when when you guys came, I was fairly late to it. But I've, several times I've I've seen you guys in the last couple of years around Rochester and Syracuse. And lastly in Buffalo, it was the last show I went to actually was you guys over in yeah. Buffalo. And. Okay. Uh, yeah, I actually always want want more improvisation. I, I kind of I like it. It's very dense. If, for anybody listening who's never been to a Soulfly show, it's a, it's it's very dialed in. It's 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 a it's a you know, it's 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 top to bottom. Let's go. It's it's a it's a rocket ride. But it's uh, but yeah, I always wanted more. Like you you know, like when Max would do the instrument, the the bow instrument yeah. for a minute or something, and it, yeah. it kind of goes to something more tribal. I always even wanted more of that. Like. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, I, mean, that, I don't know how for me, that's what I like. You know, some people, you know, they want a precise, perfect, you know, like the record. And I, I do. Like, I like to hear people, you know, playing things note for note like the record. That's very important. But give us a little, give us a little something extra, too, something that isn't on the record, you know. Play something a little differently in improv. To me, that's so exciting to, to hear that. And uh, But one of my favorite guitar players right now who, who's, I think, killing it, with his live video home and all he has even before the COVID um, is Joe Bonamassa, man. I, I am so just inspired by that guy's like oh. Instagram page and his posts on Facebook. It's just him just playing the guitar in his house with just his phone, just kind of like how, how I'm doing it too. Same, same thing. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's just jamming, man, just going for it, man. Just ripping. I, I got to dig it up. Just, I got to dig it up. Just, yeah. Oh, dude, he's just improvising and he's such an incredible player you know and you know incredible blues playing with flawless technique and um and he just dude it's like he's just sitting in his house turns on his phone and lets it shred you know and and i love that man because that's that's to me that's so that's that's so real man and honest and just so uh you know shows his musicianship that he can just pick up a guitar at any time and just freaking inspire people you know like Hmm. just easily by turning hitting record phone I just, I'm inspired. I think it's amazing, you know, and and I try to do the same thing. I I try to do the same thing where it's just I don't I don't want it to be overproduced. <clears throat> I want it, I want it to be where I just it just what you're seeing in my videos is just me at my house 
hanging out, playing guitar like I would do, even even if I didn't hit record on the camera. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah, it is great. It does. You can definitely tell. It's funny you bring up Joe Bonamassa. I kind of forget. There's, you know, I can't, you can't get around to everything, right? I mean, you just don't have the bandwidth to read every book ever written and listen to everything ever produced and watch every film. But people in this area love Joe Bonamassa. There's a lot of people who've told me the same thing. Yeah. I just haven't gotten around. I can visualize his face, and I've seen him do a couple of a couple of things, but I've never, like, for, by contrast, like Zach Wild, you, a couple other ones, uh, Joe John Five. I. I, I've somehow hooked into those universes and those orbits, and I I, 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 I can't get enough of John Five, for example. I think he's just fucking amazing. He's so fun to watch. Zach is another guy, man. He's incredible, and he's doing the same thing oh, too. Mind where he just he just uh, if you follow him on Instagram and Facebook, I think it's the Black Label Society page. Same thing, man. He just sits down with a guitar and just lets it rip. Hits record with his phone, probably playing through like some little amp, practice amp. And just lets it rip, man. Like I love that, man. Yeah. I, I that to me that's more inspiring than some of the guys that are like going to you know have like a, a beautiful home studio with like five cameras, you know, and and they got different yeah. angles and it's all perfect. It's all uh, you know the lighting's perfect. The playing is is basically it's probably just the record and they're just you know not even playing live. Maybe I don't know. That's what it sounds yeah. like to me. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. But I, I love I love the guys. Like Bonamassa, like Zach Wilde, the guys that are just turning on their phone and just letting it rip, you know, just simply through their phone. I, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on that. And, and honestly, some of my favorite things that I'm doing right now is, is like my YouTube channel, um, my Instagram page, and my Facebook page, where it's just there's a whole collection of videos um, from the last, you know, I've been doing these, these like at home videos now, maybe for I don't know, last five years, maybe. Um, and I'm proud of all those jams, man, you know, and there's even more on my Patreon page. I, I, you know, I put more exclusive, uh, jams on Patreon for, for people that, you know, to join up and get, get, get all the more exclusive things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm hooked on doing it, man. You know, it just, it was something that, uh, I just kind of got into, I forgot why, you know, it was a new Android and, um, it just basically, I just tried it one day, and I'm like, man, this is fun. And, and then it became addictive, you know. It became this thing where uh, it became addictive to uh, <clears throat> to do these jams at home, you know. I mean, um, mm-hmm. it's just fun for me, you know. So, um, yeah, so oh, yeah. people should check it out. Get over to my Patreon page, join it up. You can see the more exclusive stuff. And, and on Instagram and YouTube, I, I have, you know, a lot more up there also. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely do it. It's 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 good to hook in, and you just get to you just get to know people beyond just a guitar riff or a song or a night out party. You get to know. That's one of the things. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this because you've been in the business so long. But I went from always being a fan and and coming in and out of music. You know, I was a fan as a teenager, and then I had a period of time where I got busy mm-hmm. in my life and kind of got away from music, and then I got back to it. And and uh, long story short, when I Got back into live music. It was during a kind of a depressing time in my life, right around probably 2000, about 2004, 2005. I remember I was living in Vermont at the time, and I kicked myself out of the apartment. I was like, you're going out tonight. And it wasn't even metal music. It was, uh, it, funny enough, it was Grace Potter. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but it was, that's who, she was a side project. And long story short, I think people should get out and do the live music and see the live music. And here the last five years, it became more of a personal thing where, I made the step of a coworker suggested I play guitar. 
one thing that led to another, and I befriended a local guy here um, who just absolutely was – I couldn't think of a better teacher to start with. And then, you know, as I, as I moved on, I've, I've learned some things from you this year for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of keep it moving. But as you make it personal, like you, you, if you hook into someone or support someone right now during this time, it's not just about the music always. It's also you kind of – you feel a sense of community kind of with it. You, uh, kind of a, I know it's cheesy probably, but – I don't know, that's kind of the special glue, I think, especially that I've noticed in heavy metal music all over the years. I go to a metal shows, I never see people fighting. Usually people are kind of getting along, and, and uh, I don't know, it just feels positive. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, for the most part, metal is, is a brotherhood, man. Everyone's cool, and everyone wants to come out and have a good time, you know. Of course, you always get a couple of yeah. heads once in a while, you know, but... uh Yep. But, no, it's yep. always cool, man. You know, especially in Europe, it's a lot more together, man. It's a lot more people growing down and rocking out, and in South America, too. It's only here in the States, man, that some of the shows get crazy violent sometimes. Yeah, I wonder what – yeah, I don't know what that is. And I, yeah, I, even here, here it's people um, will, will make nasty comments, especially it seems like when people get commercially successful. Like, I, 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 uh, I hang out with a lot of guys in the underground scene around here. Just It just happened to be the, the circle of friends I learned music from. But a lot of them don't like, like for example, Lamb of God and or or Slipknot. They don't. They're really negative about that sometimes, and and that's their choice. But I, you know, it's almost like the commercial success creates a little bit of animosity or anger. I don't. And it, I just think it's it's good. Everybody puts the work in and does it. If they can make it to the to the cherry at the top, more power to them. That's great, you know. And and to your point earlier about Ozfest, I I never actually went to an Ozfest, but like when Slipknot's trying to do their thing last summer, and people are trying to get these festival things that that can put together a couple of big bands and get a big crowd together and then glue in some, some or have a second stage or whatever to get other stuff in. I, I think those are great. I think that's great for me, for heavy music in the scene. You know, I don't know. I, I hate, I yeah, hate yeah. to try to bankroll that. Yeah. <laughs> it is cool, man. You know, so, uh, yeah, that's cool, man. I, you know, I like, I like more of the older stuff that I grew up on. I'm still like, super, like super inspired from all my old records, man, you know, but, they, but right, you know, nowadays there's a lot of great stuff going on too, man. Lamb of God is amazing, obviously. They deserve all the success they have, you know. Um, but I still prefer my old records, man. I, I grew up on all the old trash metal, old death metal, and a lot of old classic mm-hmm. rock, you know. Um, you know, a lot of old school hair metal, man. I love, I love, you know, like Dokken, I, I love Rat. Guitar playing was freaking sick. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's kind uh, of what uh, I listen to a lot. Have you ever, how many of these guys do you get to meet over the years? Like, for example, you brought up Dawkins. Have, have you been over with your schedule and touring ever to meet George Lynch? Or is that your parents uh, been over to yeah. Cross? I did, man. Oh, I, did meet, I met George Lynch in uh, 2008. We were playing Cavalier Conspiracy in Vegas, and he was playing with Lynch Mob uh, at the Hard Rock Cafe in um, in Vegas. And Mike Varney was, was at my show. Um Mike Varney owns Shrapnel Records. You know, he signed everybody back in the day. He's a legendary dude. And so he was like, hey, man, Lynch is in town. You want to go meet him and, and, and catch the show? I was like, I was like, hell yeah, man. You know, I'm a huge Lynch fan. Lynch is, George Lynch is one of my favorite guitar players of all time, you know. And, uh, and he was cool, man. He was, he was awesome, man. And, and, and he, uh, he, he, he had some of my solo records. I guess Mike must have gave it to him, you know. And, uh, and he was a great dude, man. He was really cool to hang out with. We hung out with him backstage. And um, I'm a big fan. George Lynch is 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 uh, a very big inspiration for me, man. I, I love everything that guy's done. That's funny. I, yeah, he yeah. Years ago, I saw just stumbled in again. You go to all these YouTube rabbit holes, and he had done uh, a video with Chris Broderick, 
and it was funny to hear him. He was like he was like comparing himself to Chris, and he he seemed to have like was having an off day, and he, he was belittling himself a little bit. And, and and Chris was like, "You're crazy, man. Your shit's incredible, you know." And like and like and like George said something to the effect of, "I don't even know where it came from." You know the stuff. That I, he, 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 you know, so crazy about Lynch that I love about his playing is that like he's very humble, you know, in his interviews. And I love how, like, he claims, he's like, I don't know any, like, he's like, I know, like, maybe one scale. He's like, he claims he doesn't know the names of chords. And and um, and um he may be right. You know, maybe he doesn't. He doesn't sound like he doesn't. I mean, he sounds like he's very uh amazing. and eerie. But it just goes to show yeah. that, like, you know, whatever he does know, it's not even about that. It's 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 about his feel, his his uh, his his uh, signature licks, you know that that he goes to that is like his style, his sound, and the way that he knows how to to improvise. He's he's one of those guys, like I was saying, that always improvises. When you go see him play live, he's always out there, man, just just throwing it out there, dude. Like he's just constantly searching he's constantly you know just improvising and and playing things like the record and then and then playing them completely different and i'm so inspired by that and his playing and 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 one of my i always tell people is is one of my favorite things about his playing is his legato technique you know because he could take he could take three notes and switch them up and mix them with different different techniques uh with legato and his great vibrato, like he just he has his playing transcends theory. It's just you could tell he he's an old school blues player um, that grew up during the eighties. You know, I mean he's a little bit older now. I think he was playing like during the seventies. You know, and um, wow. he, he's like he's like a seventies blues rock player who you know got thrown into the eighties shred thing and and held his own man and and just mm-hmm. you know really mixed that seventies blues vibe. Um, with what was going on in the eighties with the shredding. And, and that's why I love his playing, man. You know, he's, he's a huge inspiration on me, man. Absolutely huge inspiration. That's, that's wild. Wild. Like whenever I go make a solo record, whenever I'm, I'm making a solo record, um, I basically like whatever style of song I'm writing for like my heavy stuff, I'm always thinking Mr. Scary, that song, you know, Lynch's solo song in the back of my mind, you know, the way it's structured, like, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, uh, you know, um, um, he's got themes going on, melodies that he goes back to, and then like heavy riffs, signature riffs, you know, like, I'm always thinking about that. To me, that song, Mr. Scary, is like one of the, like, it's like one of the best solo instrumental songs of all time, you know? Oh, it's great. It's great. I was, it's fun. It got a small world on this comic. I just, um, about ten days ago, not this past weekend, the, follow, the Saturday before, I met up with a coworker. I haven't, hadn't seen him in ten years, and I stargazed with him all night long for the first time. I took the kids camping in Pennsylvania, and his name's Manny. And Manny was funny enough in, in Vermont, where we worked together in the, in the rail industry years ago. He that's how he and I became friends. We talked about Mr. Scary, and he had a copy of Back for the Attack that I still have somewhere. I have a CD that he loaned me that long ago. And, uh, yeah, he said he claims he's going to have that played at his funeral. Small <laughs> world. Uh, it, 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 it's such an incredible song, like I said, and, and way it's arranged. To me, it's just like, it's up there with, like, Joe Satriani surfing with the alien. Um, you know, uh, Steve Vai's, the audience is listening. You know, it's, it's just scary. He's up there with all those 
those classic instrumental songs, man. I mean, um, I just, I love what that guy does, man. He's just, he's been such an inspiration to me my entire career. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, there's so many more things to get into. I, I hope you'd be open to, to get it to, to maybe doing another one of these because I, there's so many more questions I want to ask you, but my, my kids are getting rowdy on me, Mark, and I want to, I better pay attention to them. They're going to eat my house alive. Okay. Yeah, I could talk about Lynch all day, man. It's just, it's just something so, uh, so inspiring about what he does, dude. It's really just amazing, you know? So I mean, it, it will, maybe we'll save for for another uh, another another talk. But how 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 often do you in the in the business do you get to cross pollinate and meet some of these other musicians? I mean, is there ever time for it? I mean, or, or is it always just kind of go go go? And every once in a while there's a festival and you get to mingle and see a lot of people. But other than that, it's just everybody's kind of go 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 all the time. Nah, the cool thing is, you know, if there's situations like that, when I met Lynch where, you know, they're playing down the road, you know, and that happens sometimes, not very often. Um, so that's cool you link up with people. But basically when we do these big festivals in Europe or even here in the States, you know, that's where you really link up. You meet everybody you can think of. I mean, it's, it's insane. You know, you'll be walking backstage at one of these big festivals and, I remember one time we opened up for Kiss in Belgium, and, you know, Gene Simmons was walking around full face paint. You know, Paul Stanley was walking around. I mean, you know, we met those guys. You know, I mean, they're right cool. in front of you, you know. The dress room's right next to you. So, yeah, at these festivals, man, you meet everybody, and it's 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 pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Did, did you, did you, did you, were you able to meet Dime before that tragic tragic ending? Were you able to meet Dime? Because I know he's another one that you, that we've, as we've talked the last couple couple of months and stuff you've mentioned. Did you ever get to meet him? Dime was, is one of my all-time favorite guitar players. I mean, he's in my top five, as is Lynch, you know. Um, I met him in passing briefly. We played, when I first joined Soulfly, we played uh, in Dallas, Texas, in the beginning of the tour, back in 2004. And him and Vinny came out to the show and it was awesome because Dime was hooting and hollering from the side of the stage. And I remember when I did my acoustic solo um, with my double neck acoustic guitar for the Jam Mars, uh, he was hooting and hollering, going, get it, brother, get it, screaming, man. I was so like, oh. yeah, I was like so overwhelmed. It was sick. And then he came up and did the drum jam, and I got a fist bump from him and Vinny because they were like right next to me. It was so cool. Um, and But that was about it. But it was really sad because we were supposed to, we were scheduled Soulfly and Damage Plan was supposed to do a tour in the beginning of 2005, and then yeah. you know this shit happened, man. You know, and uh, it and mm -hmm. it never happened. Mm -hmm. And I was really looking forward to that tour because I really wanted to hang with Dime and and um, you know pick his brain, man. You know, and watch him play every night and hang. Um, and then you know that that tragedy happened, man. Fucking mm -hmm. super fucking tragedy. So yeah, um, terrible. I, yeah, yeah. One of these funny stories, though, but before that, before so on that tour, this is back when I used to wear that book bag, and our, our guitar tech was this guy named Moby, who, who was a great guitar tech, cool dude. He used to tech uh, for Dimebag and Damage Plan, and, and uh, so he was teching for us on this specific tour. And every night on that tour, after that show in Texas, Dime was calling Moby going at like 5 in the morning, you know. He must have been drunk, and he's like, Moby... Give me a call back. It's time. I got to know what's in that kid's backpack. I got to know. Call me back. Let me know. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> he would let me listen to it. 
he 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 would play he would play the cell phone uh, message for me to hear. It was, it was freaking hysterical. He did it like a every night of that tour. Call me back. That's I got to listen that book back. <laughs> That's what an awesome story, man. Yeah, that was cool. Oh. Hell yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. What a what yeah. a time what a fucking time castle that is, man. That's yeah. uh pretty cool. That really sums up a lot. That's some see that's the person. He's one of those guys. You hope he's that cool as a fan. You you see that part of him because like there's an interview he did. One of the last ones he did. He was at Crank Amps in there, and I think he was in uh was it Tempe is where it was. Okay. Anyway, he was it was Arizona, and there was it was on YouTube, and it was just kind of a silly little thing he did with a with with a crank guys and i love it because it just kind of had his personality came out and he's like yeah, yeah. late late, 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 late. Yeah, he, <laughs> you just hope he, you know what man he he was such an influence on me guitar wise but you know what also man he he was such a such a cool dude and even just meeting him briefly real quick on stage that day and obviously all the stories i mean there's just nothing but i mean no, nobody has a bad thing to say about dime obviously you know i mean he obviously was like the epitome of what it means how to conduct yourself on stage and off stage. I always say that. And he's all, he was always a huge influence on me for that off stage also, because the way he just is cool with everybody, he's just there to party and have a good time, you know, and bro down with everybody. That's what metal's about. And a lot of guys don't do that, you know? Yeah. And, and Dime was that guy that I know for a fact did that with everybody. And every fan that ever met him has, has that same story to say how cool he was. He hung out, treated everybody like a friend. You know, so that always stuck with me, and I, I always try to uh, to live up to that too. Yeah, Mark, I, I'm glad you, man, I'm glad you hit that real quick because I, I always have thought that that heavy music, and all music, but for heavy, for me, heavy music resonated with me at this positive kind of like you said, or a brotherhood thing, and it's this cool thing, and it, and it, and if, if if without taking it so you know so serious. And being selfish, almost it, that is a wonderful thing in this world. I think, man, to bring people together, it, and you're not thinking about what you're just kind of letting all go for a minute. And it's not escape, escaping. You're trying to escape your life, your responsibility. Yeah. It's just something about about that. It's magical, man, and rare. It's not not enough well, people know about it. <laughs> you know, what, you know what it really stem, it stems from. It stems from from hard, hardcore punk music. It stems from how the guys that were in bands and like punk hardcore bands. You know, they they that scene was all tight niched. It was all, you know, the, the, the body surfing, stage diving. There was never a separation between the band and, and, and the audience. You know, there was no rock star type of things going on. And that kind of yeah. translated into, you know, when, when things crossed over with thrash metal and when hardcore punk started mixing with the metal. And it always kind of, that always, in my opinion, you know, it, it very easily crossed over with, with just like the music crossed over you know, that same uh, intimacy with the crowd and hanging out with everybody. And, and to me, that's that's what this style of music is about. You know, it's not, yeah. this isn't pop music, man. This isn't, I mean, let's face it, even if you're one of the biggest bands in the world, it's like, come on, man, you're not, yeah. you know, you, 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 nobody's getting mobbed like fucking uh, Michael Jackson or something like that. You know what I'm saying? No. Dude, you, can, no. you, can stop, yeah. you can stop and sign autographs and take, and take pictures. You know, nobody, no, it's not like, you know, you're going to have like, you know, 300 screaming girls jumping on you. You know, we're a bunch, we're a bunch of metal teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And, and, and uh, actually, one of my complaints about it, I wish there were more more women would come to the shows because it's definitely a little yeah. bit of a sausage fest in there half the night. But whatever. I'm saying. This, is, <laughs> this is metal, you know. This is metal. This isn't, this isn't pop music. 
You know what I mean? This isn't, uh, or even, you know, even like hair metal or something, you know, this isn't Bon Jovi, who I, who I like, you know, I like Bon Jovi, you know, but it's like, you're not, you know, you're not, like John Bon Jovi may have a hard time, you know, getting attacked by 500 screaming women, you know, but I, I'm not having that problem, you know what I mean? And honestly, sure, yeah. I want to, I want to go out and meet girls after the show and talk to girls, you know what I mean? I'm not running That's away. It. No, <laughs> no. So, well, uh, wait, wait, it's, does any part of the world have that in, in the mix anymore? Because it seems like uh, in the United States, yeah, in everybody's defense, the United States, I think everybody's tired a lot. I mean, like, I, you know, it's, it seems like there's a fatigue factor, and it's something. I think, I think it's a little bit more on the economics, but whatever. It's a lot of things, but I think here in America, we're all, we're all very spoiled. You know, there's always a sh- at least there always was a show going on at any given day during the week. Um, yeah, and people true. are just, you know, everyone's just used to it. Like, oh, another show? Oh, you're in a band? Oh, my buddy's best friend's cousin's uncle's in a band. Or, you know, this this buddy's yeah. in a band. You know, I mean, you go to any metalhead in any city has 10 friends that are in a band that are playing this weekend, you know, so why should they come see your band? You know what I mean? That's kind of that. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Over but, if you go to, but, but if you go to other countries, it's not like that, man. Like, one of my favorite places to be in the world right now is South America. Because South America, there is a huge demand for metal shows um and they just love metal american metal bands they're obsessed with it they, I, it's so crazy right now because like you go to brazil argentina colombia chile any of the countries in south america or even central america or even mexico they know like old school death metal like underground bands that were never even that popular back in the day and but yeah. down there they could tour and they're fucking huge they're huge down there yep. like they're wearing bootleg shirts like you can't even get these shirts of some of these bands online but they're being bootlegged down in south america and the fans are just cool. like they're just eating they're eating that stuff up down there right now and i i That's love awesome. going to south america south america is my favorite place to be in the world man it's just uh i, I love everything about that part of the world and what's, oh, what's awesome. crazy is that a lot of bands don't go down there because they're honestly they're scared you know, everybody thinks it's South America from uh, from from the early 80s or something, you know what I mean? And it's not, I mean, there's still, yeah, you know, you got to be careful, but you got to be careful here, too. You know, I mean, yeah, the craziness going on in this country, you know? Oh, people um, steal gear and do all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yep, yep. Shootings, and, you know, I mean, South America, man, is, is a beautiful, beautiful place. The fans are absolutely incredible. Uh Most beautiful women on the planet are in South America. It's, it's out of control. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Can you get, can you get, can you get women to heavy metal shows now? Do they, do they come oh, to the shows? Well, that's what I'm. Oh. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, man. Is that when there you go. metal shows, the girls they're, they're they're like supermodels, man. They're like supermodels. It's crazy. That's wonderful. You know? Where in that's America, wonderful. you know, it's not a, a lot of you know maybe a lot of girls. It's not as popular with metal. You know, they listen to rap or whatever. You know, but down in South America, it's man, country. Yeah. Country music. I'm gonna I'm gonna reincarnate myself as a promoter, and I'm gonna slap yeah. one of these country guys on the bill, and then back to yeah. all the opening acts. Of my favorite metal. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, man, I, I I'll let you go back to the night just because uh, there's so much more. Really, so much more. To, to get into and then and, and uh God I got a million more 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 folks I want to ask you about that you've met and more more stories brother but I, I won't torture every night so, but thank you so much for making time buddy thank you bro fuck yeah man I appreciate it you guys 
anybody listen, please uh, support Mark. You got to support all these artists as many as you can do realistically, and, and definitely and, and, and make it personal. It's, it's cool. You're going to meet some cool people, and, and, and uh, when they come back to town live, it'll be even better. Cool. Thank you. Hey man, have a fuck yeah, man. Have a good night. All right, bro. You too. Talk to you soon. Ten four. Ten four. Bye.